0: Everything changes in today's marketplace. Technology, competition, staff, and even clients. Everyone is doing business differently than they once did. The challenge many face is keeping up with the change. Welcome to Thriving in Uncertainty with your host, Meredith Elliott Powell. By learning from the insights and expertise of guests like those you'll hear today, you can thrive in ways you never thought possible. Now, here is Meredith Elliott Powell.
1: Welcome to Thriving in Uncertainty, the radio program where we cover the ideas, share the strategies, and implement the powerful tips you need to ensure you succeed no matter how the marketplace changes or what this economy does. I'm Meredith Elliott Powell, your host, and I am excited about today's guest and our topic, Influence, Success, and Profit, The Go-Giver Way. If you have not read The Go-Giver, any of The Go-Giver series, really you want to listen to this show today and our guest and just the incredible work that he has done about building a business in The Go-Giver Way. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on today's guest, Bob Berg. He is a Hall of Fame speaker, best-selling author of the legendary series, as I just said, The Go-Giver. The Go-Giver is a Wall Street Journal and Business Week bestseller and has sold over 850,000 copies. Since its release, it has consistently stayed in the top 25 on 800 CEO Reads Business Book Bestseller list. That's just incredible. It was rated number 10 on Inc. Magazine's list of the most motivational books ever written and was on HubSpot's 20 most highly rated sales books of all time. The American Management Association named Bob Berg one of the 30 most influential leaders, and he was named one of the top 200 most influential authors in the world. Bob is an advocate, supporter, and defender of the free enterprise system, believing that the amount of money one makes is directly proportionate to how many people they serve. I love that. He is also unapologetic animal fanatic and served on the board of directors of Furry Friends Adoption and Clinic in his hometown of Jupiter, Florida. So we're going to welcome Bob to the show and go ahead and get started talking about the Go-Giver way. Welcome, Bob. Do you feel that the book has? Is it more valuable in today's uncertain um, economy? You know, or 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 does it matter? Is it just something that's sustainable no matter what?
2: It, well, Dale Carnegie's book, How Gosh, to Win Friends. Our book, The Go Giver. Well, my, you know, mine. I, I would certainly hope Carnegie's absolutely because prin- yeah. as you know, principles never change, right? And it's right. still. But yeah, I mean, I, I think with the Go Giver, what it really did is it 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 said to people. You can be a good person who who's, whose desire is to bring value to others and be very, very successful. Because let's face it, the messages we get about, you know, from the world around us about prosperity and about success is it's the, you know, the person who's out there just for themselves and the takers and the the, you know, those are, nah, you know, I mean, there's all sorts of people. It's a big world and there's, you know, a lot, but no, by and large, and let's put it this way, in a free market-based economy, which we generally live in, and and I guarantee you, your listeners and and the people we talk to, we all live in a free market-based, where no one's forced to buy from us, right? Exactly, yes. And the only way to to do well financially is to focus on the other person, bring value to them. Hey, let's face it, no one is gonna buy from you because you have a quota to meet, right? They're not gonna buy from you because you need the money or because you're a really nice person. Uh, No, they're gonna buy from you, they're gonna buy from me because they believe that they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so, and that's great because it means that you, it means that I, it means that all your listeners, it means we have absolutely got to place our focus on the other person. Uh, this is great because if we're willing to do that and others aren't, well, we're the one that's gonna get the business. And this is why we say that money is simply an echo of value, right? It's the thunder to values lightning. The, the, it simply means that the value must come first, meaning the focus, on bringing value to another human being comes first, the money we receive is simply a very natural result. And, and people wanted to hear that. They wanted to be assured of that. And what was great was that the initial adopters of the book were the people who were already successful. They were already doing it this way, right? And, and you know, what, what John David Mann and I would get, uh, would receive emails from Big top leaders, and that you know, say, Oh, this is what I've been trying to tell people for years, but they won't believe me, right? Well, you <laughs> know how it is sometimes they'll believe anyone but you if they know you too well, right? And so they needed a third party to do it. But then we, the, the second wave of adopters were the person who got the book from those first people, and and so you know, that's one, one reason why John and I will often say when people say, well, What's what did you what what did you guys bring to this that's new with the go It was nothing. <laughs> nothing you know these principles have been have been working but for successful people from the ancient uh uh bazaars in in in, in marts in uh ancient babylon right uh, you know when they were the the merchants and the sellers and the, the who went town to town you know they were always the successful people the ones who were consistently and sustainably successful this is simply what they did
1: but, you know, it is, um, it is a little against human nature. I mean, right, in the sense of when things get challenging or when I've, even I've got a quota to fill or I'm mm-hmm. feeling pressure from the competition. It's mm-hmm. like a human psyche to get – to get focused back on yourself. And and as you said, right. so much of the sales training, so much of the things that we've been told to do, I mean, you think about upsell, cross sell, you know, the art of the clothes. I mean, everything sounds very much like, like it's me focused to get the, to, to get the, the sale where it, um, where it needs to be. So how do you sort of, I do believe the most successful stay in that other mode. But how do the rest of us mere mortals get our head, you know, how does the book help us get our head wrapped around making that change?
2: Well, you bring up, first of all, several fantastic points, and all that's true. And when we talk about human nature, we say, well, what's human nature? We're, we're eye-focused, right? right. We, we care about ourselves. Uh, yes, we do. That's human nature. And we're not in any way asking people to deny human nature. We're not saying uh, don't care, don't be self-interested. We're, we're saying temporarily put that self-interest to the side in order to allow you to do your job. And it's when people understand that by doing that, there's nothing self-sacrificial about it, okay? Mm-hmm. It's more effective. Uh, can I paint a very quick situation for you? That'd be great. Okay, you go in there, not, not you, but one, I'm going to say you, but one, per, one goes in there, a person goes in there, they're gonna, they, they have to hit quota or they need the money to put food on the table, right? And, they, and they're focused on themselves on this go-giver stuff, focusing on others is fine. I'll do that after I'm already successful because I need the money now. Okay, so go into this, this, this interview, this um, pre- sales presentation, and you're focused on yourself. Now, so you start doing the presentation, it's all about your product. And uh, when, you you know, you maybe ask some questions, but you're not really listening to understand, you're listening so that you can sharp angle this person into buying. When they have an objection, uh, you you try to take your time and answer it, but they can tell that you're kind of annoyed by it. After all, that's your money they're keeping from you uh, with that objection. And throughout the whole process, uh, you know, you, you maybe say the right things, But they can sense that it's about you, not about them. And I would say, are they more likely or less likely to buy from you right now? And the answer probably is less likely. So now you're the same person. You still have this quoted to me. You still need to make the money to feed your family. But now you're going to go in there, same person, but now you're going to temporarily suspend your self-interest, okay? You're going to just put it to the side, and you're going to focus on this person. Laser focused. You go in there, you ask questions so that you can learn and understand. And you understand that selling is nothing more than discovering the other person's needs, wants, and desires and helping them to get them. How? You listen. And when they have a question or objection, you welcome it because you know it's about mutual understanding and helping them to understand uh, where um, this is going to help them. So you understand that the objection is probably not totally the objection it's more the manifestation of the actual objection so you work with them in order to help really delineate what it is uh you 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 determine what it is they want what they need and only then at that time do you match the benefits of your product or service with what they are looking to accomplish through it and it's all about them are they more likely or less likely to buy from you right now and far, it's probably yeah, more. more and that's the whole thing. Being a go-giver doesn't mean you're not going to make the sale. Of course you are, and you're going to be able to charge more because your focus is on providing immense value, not trying to be the low-price competitor.
1: You know, something that you had said that I think is is so key. So when, when I bump into people that um, don't like to sell, quote unquote, because um, it can have such a negative connotation. Your way with the, with, the, um, with the go-giver is really a sustainable way to sell. I mean, if I focus my heart on giving and adding value, I don't know, I don't seem to get as hung up on the clothes or as hung up on the nervousness of when I've got sure. to ask or would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely.
2: Uh, because if you think selling is something you do to someone- not for someone, and you're a good person, you're not gonna feel good about that. See, I think most people, it's not that they have a a problem with selling, it's they have a problem with what they think selling is. Mm. So we redefine it. Uh, You know, you, you look at the old English root of the word sell, salan, which literally meant to give. So when you're selling, you're giving. Okay, but wait, isn't that just semantics? I don't think so. Because when you have that prospect in front of you, you're selling. What exactly are you giving, Meredith? I suggest you're giving time, attention, counsel, education, empathy, and most of all, value.
1: Wow, that is that is some powerful stuff. Now we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about um, actually get a little strategic and tactical about what I can do to really start to sell and practice in a way that is aligned with the go giver. But then I want to talk to, on the next, um, next phase, what you're working on that. And that is the go giver, um, influencer. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that when we come back from break, we've got a lot more to discuss with our incredible guest, Bob Berg, but right back after a short break.
2: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television?
0: Let us surprise you.
2: Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
0: Are you ready to learn the business strategies you need to succeed no matter what this economy does? Are you interested in learning how the top organizations and how successful leaders are making change work for their companies and using uncertainty as their greatest competitive advantage? Then join the thousands of business owners, sales professionals, and entrepreneurs who have found the answers. Business growth expert, Meredith Elliott Powell, author of Thrive, Strategies for Success in Uncertainty, offers powerful keynotes, workshops, and training courses for organizations and leaders of sales professionals looking to take their companies to the next level. Voted a Top 15 Business Growth Expert to Watch and Top 40 Motivational Speaker, Meredith coaches executives, trains next-level leaders, and builds sales teams in her innovative three-step proven system to thrive in uncertainty. To learn more, go to valuespeaker.com. To speak with Meredith directly, book Meredith to speak and learn more about her training programs. That's valuespeaker.com. Visit today.
2: From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network.
0: You are listening to Thriving in Uncertainty. If you have a question or comment about our program, Meredith would love to hear from you. Her email address is M-E-R-E at valuespeaker.com. Again, that's M-E-R-E at valuespeaker.com. Now back to Thriving in Uncertainty.
1: Welcome back to Thriving in Uncertainty. The radio program will recover the ideas, share the strategies, and implement the powerful tips you need to ensure you succeed no matter what this marketplace does. Well, if you were with us in our last segment, then you know that we are lucky enough to be talking with the incredible Bob Berg, and we are talking about influence, success, and profit, the go-giver way. Okay, Bob, right before break, we were really talking about um, selling from a go-giver perspective. I am really this idea of, um, of adding value. And, and I just wanted to share a quick story as to when I really saw this in, um, in action. Years ago, when I was working in corporate America, it was my job to get our team of financial service professionals to embrace the idea of selling. Well, believe me, they didn't want to sell for anything. We got the top we got the top consultants. We brought people in from all over the country to try to help us. And one afternoon I had a group of tellers in there. They had gone through all this incredible training and got up and walked out of the room and said, There's no way we're gonna sell. When I went downstairs later, I walked in front of the teller line and I noticed that all over the teller line were all these little feet from the March of Dimes. Remember the March of Dimes would raise money and you 'd get a tennis shoe and put your sure. name on it and that 's when the light bulb went out went off for me and I thought these tellers won 't sell a financial services product because they don't see the value in it, but they will stand there and ask every single person who comes in here to give them money for the March of Dimes because they believe that they are helping, that it is that it is definitely a, a mind shift. So I wanted you to talk a little bit about, so there I am, I've been, I've been through all this training that's told me to do everything to make my goals, do all this, and then I read The Go-Giver which tells me I need to add value, I need to be giving, how do I go about, what are the, some of the steps that I can take to begin to physically make those changes?
2: Okay, and, and I absolutely love that. And, and we'll definitely talk about that from a go-giver viewpoint. And first I wanna bring up something you and I were talking about earlier when you talked about Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. What I believe and, and how this relates to exactly what you were just talking about with the tellers, what I believe was the underlying premise of Mr. Carnegie's book, which made a huge difference to me when I figured it out, was where he said, ultimately, people do things for their reasons, not our reasons. Okay. Great. So you, you think about it. At, at, in the financial institution where you were at, the leadership wanted these people to sell the idea of opening new accounts. Right. Well, that held no value for the tellers mm-hmm. and because they didn't think it held value for, their, you know, for, for the people who, who were the end users. But you know what they did feel held value? The March of Dimes. <laughs> right. And, and they knew that uh, the, the people who would donate were going to feel great too and it was going to go to a great cause and everybody wins. They did what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So, the key then is, is what? It's helping the tellers to understand that by helping uh, their, the end users to open up accounts or new, with new products and, or whatever it was you were trying to do specifically, that there was going to be such immense value for the customer mm-hmm. that the tellers could feel great about doing that. But until they understood that, they weren't going to do it. I they may try one or two times, but it would be so uncomfortable for them. It would be so incongruent with their values that they just, it, it wouldn't be sustainable.
1: You know, you just said something um, that I, I want to hone in on and see if I understand it correctly. So the moment that I see the value in it, the importance of it, mm-hmm. the difference that it'll make, does that actually make me more comfortable doing what I'm doing from a sales perspective? Oh, absolutely.
2: I think for most people, and I think this is a good aspect of human nature, we want to make a difference. Yeah, We want to make a positive difference. Um, you know, there are those people in life who they don't care, yeah. but I, I think they're few and far between, really. Uh, you know, most people want to feel as though they're bringing value to the world. And you do this by bringing value to the marketplace, to other individuals, whether you consciously realize it or not, you know, that it's, it's a it's a thing. And right. so, sure. And so I think, you know, what did Zig Ziglar used to say? Uh, the last four letters of enthusiasm, uh, IASM stands for I am a sold myself. And very I think good. that's very true. Mm
1: hmm. Yeah, I do. I think that it's, uh, but I think that is such an important message for anybody who's listening, who needs to manage, lead, or inspire the people around you to do the things, is that you've Mm -hmm. got to help them truly see the value. Because I agree with the tellers, they felt like they were making a difference for children and for their communities and things like that. When we were trying to teach them how to sell uh, checking account or how to yeah. sell a, you know, line of credit. It was just the nuts and bolts of doing it. So in essence, I would say we never touched the heart.
2: Uh, I, I think that is a perfect, perfect way to say. It. Now, there's, now there's that next step. Let's say, for example, now they're sold as to why this is a good idea. Now, in the selling process, we've got to make sure that, 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 that let's say the tellers in this case, who now understand the value of such, remember they understand the value from their point of view. Mm-hmm. So often what's what's very natural to do is to sell to another based on what you find to be a value. Yeah. And that's not effective because what happens is, you know, value, see the difference between price and value, price is a dollar figure, right? Right. Value is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, uh, of something to the end user or beholder. Uh, What is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, checking account, IRA, (laughs) what have you, that brings so much value, so much worth to another human being that they will willingly do that thing. They will induce and feel great about it. But here's the thing, and this is so important. Value is always in the eyes of the beholder. It's not what we think is valuable about it, even though that's important. It's not what we think they should think is of value about it. We've always got to approach it through their eyes, which again, we only know through asking the right questions and listening and understanding that. But it's so important. Sometimes we get so excited and you (laughs) see that person is so excited about their product or service. Well, they sell it from their sense of excitement, not from how it will benefit the other person
1: yeah you know it's um uh, i I have been in sales so long that I am that I am old enough that I remember pre call planning where we used to literally sit down and we would plan the entire call including the products that we were going to sell before we ever had a conversation with a customer which now I think about that and you talk about being the antithesis the go giver right I mean I had my entire spiel set before I ever went into the to the sales call but Something that you're talking about is, I think that as salespeople, we can be, or business owners, we can be good at asking questions, but to find out the value, you've got to really listen. Correct?
2: Oh, my gosh. I, you know, you say so many tweetable things. You, you know, that, by the way, that was a saying, I, I, you know, something I wouldn't even say said 10 years ago. Say, <laughs> right. no, I have a compliment for you. You say so many tweetable things.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's, of course, so, so very true. And, uh, and, you know, we've got to get, we've got to get very comfortable with it too, because if we just start doing it because it's a technique, it's going to come across that way and we're not going to feel comfortable with it which is why you know the, the best thing we can do is once we understand how to do a thing by all means practice you know by all means do it with other people so that you get very very comfortable with the, the process because if you're asking questions and then while they're answering you're having to think to yourself uh, let's see okay what am I supposed to ask next what do I say next what well now you're doing the exact opposite you're not yeah. focused on them you're focused on your yourself so absolutely once we know how to do something practicing is so important people say wait isn't that less than authentic Bob to, to practice no not at all I was you know have you ever been to a play on on you know Broadway or your local theater or whatever sure well are those magnificent actors and actresses up are they just winging it every night absolutely not they have learned they used to say about uh, who Yul Brynner who played yeah. the king and the, they say he didn't play the king he was the king yes. right it was so ingrained in his heart that he actually, you know, he came across as. And I think that's so important to understand. Uh, what, what it does when we really learn and we know our stuff is it allows us to then place our entire focus on that other person.
1: I, I, I agree. I mean, I think that is, I think that listening is quite frankly, listening and listening and empathy, which I want to talk about next, yeah. are, um, are two of the most important. Um, underrated or, or misunderstood pieces of the sales process. I mean, I think about whenever I talk about uh, listening with clients, I always talk about the fact of, you know, do you realize that it's, it's close to one of the number one reasons we lose the customers because they don't feel heard. Oh, uh, gosh, yes. Yeah, yeah you know, and it's, and it's the failure of a lot of marriages, right? So, it's a pretty powerful Peace and beyond finding out information from people, listening to people is a way we let them know that we care, which is very much in alignment, which is what you talk about with the go giver.
2: Yeah, you know, when, when someone feels listened to, when they feel heard, that is such a, uh, you know, again, you and I have talked about human nature, right? That is such a key aspect of human nature. We want to feel understood. We want to feel heard. How often do we ask someone for advice? And this is not a man and, or woman thing, as you saw yes. This is everyone, that we ask for advice, not because we really want the advice. We want someone just to listen to what, you know, what's, what, 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 you know, and, and, and how many times do we say, you know, uh, have you ever been in a conversation with someone who let you do practically all the talking and come away from that conversation saying to yourself, wow, what a fascinating conversation. <laughs> <was that person laughs> was. Well, they listen to us.
1: Yeah. I had a, um, I was doing a speaking engagement, I don't know, about two months ago and the, and the CEO got up to introduce me and the way he introduced me was, and it was one of those speaking engagements, you know, every once in a while you get one, you find out who you were up against and you're wondering how the heck you ever got on that stage. It was, <laughs> it was one of those for me but the way he introduced me was he said, we interviewed a lot of speakers and Meredith was the only one who, um, who, who when I tried to ask her what she spoke about, she turned around and said, tell me about your conference, tell me exactly. what you were looking
2: for. Oh, I love you. Absolutely. <laughs> you know,
1: and it's just the, um, which, and, and quite frankly, the good argument could be made. I was the least qualified to be up on that stage, but that's the power of really focusing on what you're talking about with okay. the go-giver.
2: So, well, so three things. One, is I'm sure you weren't the least qualified. (laughs) You could never be the least qualified to do something like this. Second though, is absolutely. I mean, you did, uh, you did exactly, that is sales and you're a sales professional and that's what selling is about. It's not talking about you, it's asking about them. And third, I got to just tell you the story when you're talking about people being up against. I found out, uh, this is uh, probably about two years ago, I had found out from the person who who was you know, in charge of the speakers and so forth, the committee, the whole thing. I had lost. I came in second. I I lost on a gig to uh, Tom Peters. Oh, and I thought, you know, I have never been so honored in my entire life to lose. A speaking yes. You know, to even know I was even like in that
1: ballpark. Thought, what? You know. so yeah. which 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 does bring up a good point because I mean, it is when it comes to sales, it isn't always about getting the gig. It is about making progress, and that, <laughs> that is um, that is progress. Yeah. Um, I wanna I wanna switch gears off um, listening, and I wanna talk a bit about um. Empathy sure. because I feel that empathy is something that in the sales process we, we treat it like a check in the box like okay, I was empathetic now I can now I can right. ask for, I mean, now I can ask for the sale but it is um, well let me just let me just ask you about empathy and and your thoughts on it and the value of it and importance of it
2: Yeah, so I, I think empathy first is the most important business skill, I think it's the most important life skill. Mm. And I say skill because it can be learned. Now, of course, like anything, like a great athlete, like a great scholar, like a great musician, there are people who have a, who are born with an inclination toward that, a tendency toward that. uh, But anyone can learn how to be more empathetic. Okay. Mm-hmm. But so, so empathy, you know, the, the uh, dictionary definition of empathy is the identification with or vicarious experiencing of another person's feelings, which sounds like just a fancy way of saying, putting yourself in the other person's shoes, yeah. which would be true, except for the fact that that's not as easy as it might seem, because most of us have different sized feet. Okay, so we can't necessarily put ourselves in the other person's shoes. And in that same way, I don't think communicating empathy means you you necessarily understand how they feel. You may not have any idea how they feel or you just can't relate to the way they feel. I think what it is, though, Meredith, is is it's. It's communicating that to them that, in, by the way, this might be with words, but it might also be just the way you show up and it might be that, right? It's communicating to that person that while you may not understand how they feel or exactly how they feel, you understand they're feeling something yeah. and that this something is distressful to them and that you are there to help them with that. Yeah. That I think is empathy.
1: You know you're you're so true that it's so true that you communicate it with so much more than the words that um, that come out of your mouth. I was working with a client who's a physician and he was getting ready to buy a piece of um, very expensive equipment and he asked me to come in and listen to the presentations. The day that, that I went in there, he'd had a very hard day. He was way behind with patients. By the time he got in to meet with each salesperson, he was an hour behind, he hadn't eaten, he was grumpy. Mm-hmm. The first guy took that as the clue just to spit out his product pitch in 20 minutes, trying to get it across as fast as he could. The second guy kind of read the room, said to the doc, it's been a tough day, you know, um, you want to grab something to eat, I can wait a minute, blah, blah, blah. He bought from the second person. Of course he did. Absolutely. And it it was just, it was, it was like, and you just sit there watching it and it, it, all it came down to was the second guy had empathy. I mean, the doc didn't even know if he had a better piece of equipment or not. And it was a six figure purchase.
2: Yeah. You, you, know? you just explained the essence of sales <laughs> and the essence of life in that one story. You know, will you come on my Facebook live show sometime and just like tell that story? I would, I would and then let's it. go through every little thing about that and about what that first person did wrong and the second person did wrong. I mean, that is so perfect.
1: Yeah, you know, and what I really love about it is both of them had the slick presentations. Both of them had everything you're supposed to have, dotted all the I's, crossed all the T's, did all that type of thing. But you could, being the person who was observing, I could see the deal being lost. From the time the first one opened his mouth and then I just watched the deal being won and it was all over, did you understand that doctor had had a bad day and hadn't had anything to eat since 8 o'clock that morning? And not, un- not reading that cost you a six-figure deal.
2: That's right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely.
1: So I know that it is time to take a, a one uh, one more break, and we are going to come back. and I want to switch gears because honestly, I could talk about this all day, but I want to switch gears because I want to talk about the go giver influencer. So we'll take a quick break, come right back, and um, jump back into this conversation.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you ready to learn the business strategies you need to succeed no matter what this economy does? Are you interested in learning how the top organizations can and how successful leaders are making change work for their companies and using uncertainty as their greatest competitive advantage. Then join the thousands of business owners, sales professionals, and entrepreneurs who have found the answers. Business growth expert Meredith Elliott Powell, author of Thrive, Strategies for Success in Uncertainty, offers powerful keynotes, workshops, and training courses for organizations and leaders of sales professionals looking to take their companies to the next level. Voted a Top 15 Business Growth Expert to Watch and Top 40 Motivational Speaker. Meredith coaches executives, trains next-level leaders, and builds sales teams in her innovative three-step proven system to thrive in uncertainty. To learn more, go to valuespeaker.com. To speak with Meredith directly, book Meredith to speak and learn more about her training programs. That's valuespeaker.com. Visit today.
2: comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: You're listening to Thriving in Uncertainty. If you have a question or comment about our program, Meredith would love to hear from you. Her email address is M-E-R-E at valuespeaker.com. Again, that's M-E-R-E at valuespeaker.com. Now back to Thriving in Uncertainty.
1: Welcome back to Thriving in Uncertainty, the radio program where we cover the ideas, share the strategies, and implement the powerful tips you need to ensure you succeed no matter how the marketplace changes. So, we are here with the legendary Bob Berg talking about the Go-Giver. And I want to switch gears in this last segment and talk about the Go-Giver Influencer. So, give us a little bit of background on how that came about.
2: Yeah, well… So the, the concept of influence had been a part of, of every other book in the Go-Giver series. But John David Mann and I uh, wanted to take that concept, which we'd sort of mm, kind of hit on the surface with and really drive it deep because we really feel that influence is so important. It's, it's important for one's personal success, but it's also important in order to to really do Well, for the world, you've got to be able to influence people on the great ideas you have, because as you know, ideas are a dime a dozen. It's the people who can take those ideas and be able to influence others through them. Those are the people who are going to benefit everyone involved, themselves, the other people, the world at large. And so we, we also had seen that I don't know I don't want to just say lately but it seems like more and more the way people have tried to influence each other has become very counterproductive. You know, yes. you see this on social media all the time but you also see it IRL in real life as they say. Yeah. And uh, you know where especially you look at politics. Uh and this is not just the politicians themselves and the pundits but the people who are uh communicating air quotes around the word communicating with each other on social media you know it used to be meredith that that when it came to politics i you know it used to be i'm right you're wrong now it's i'm right you're evil yeah okay and and that is not a way to to influence another person and so we really wanted to take whether it was politics or family or business, of course, it's a business setting because it's a series of business books, but we wanted to take the, the uh, again, the concept, if you will, the premise of such, and say, this is kind of how you can do it in a way that makes everyone feel good about themselves and gets the results that you want.
1: Yeah. You know, the, um, so when it comes to influence, because that point, I mean, it is so powerful. Every time I see the, the, when you think about influence, I mean, really the idea is influence is that I have enough of impression on you that you want to follow what I'm talking about, follow my lead and buy into my ideas. But when I see people influence on... Um, on Facebook or, or Twitter they influence in such a way that roots me back into my ideas like i'm if i think differently from you there's it's counterintuitive there's <laughs> right. there's no way i'm going to um i you know i'm going to follow you mm-hmm. so walk us through some of the steps of from a go giver philosophy how I incre- increase my power of influence.
2: Sure, I think it's, it first goes into, like anything else, understanding. And, and, and you know we take the, the, even the definition of influence, and there, I think there are two levels of such. On a very, very basic level, we can define influence as the ability to move a person or persons to a desired action, usually within the context of a specific goal. That's the definition, it is not the essence of okay. influence. I believe the essence of influence is pull, pull as opposed to push. We've all heard the saying, how far can you push a rope? Yeah. And the answer is not very far, at least not very fast or very effectively, which is why great influencers don't push. You never hear people say, wow, that David or that Susan, she is so influential. She has a lot of push with yeah. people. No, she has a lot of pull with people because that's what influence is. It's an attraction. Uh, uh, great influencers attract people to themselves first and only then to their idea. How do they do it? Well, we, we look at the go-giver way of influence, moving from an I focus or me focus to an other focus. Uh, mm-hmm. So again, the great influencer asks the questions we were talking about before in a sales uh, context. How does what I'm asking this person to do Uh, align with their goals Okay. align with their not needs their wants their how does what i want this other person to do how does it align with their values and when we ask ourselves these questions thoughtfully intelligently um Genuinely, authentically, not as a way to manipulate another person into to doing our will, but as a way of building everyone in the process. Now we've come a lot closer to earning that person's commitment as opposed to trying to depend on some type of compliance.
1: Yeah. The, um, it sounds a lot like, you know, it, you've, if you want to have the power of influence, you've really got to answer the question, why?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. Oh, why, in terms of why would they want to be influenced by me? Why would they want to believe this? Why would they want to make a change? Yeah. Because, again, it's not about what we find to be of value. You know, that they, always comes so much back to the, the basics when you think about it. Yeah. It's really, you know, great leadership is never about the leader. Great yeah. influence is never about the influencer, just like great salesmanship is never about the salesperson. It's always about that other person whose lives you want to touch.
1: But, you know, I feel like this information and what you're doing with the Go-Giver Influencer is 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 almost more valuable now. I look at the, I don't walk into an organization or a company that um, that I'm working with, that their biggest struggle isn't talent and finding employees. Oh, I mean, it's, yeah. it is just the it's it's just about the biggest headache that um it's their biggest impediment to growth and so technically when i go to work for a company i technically have to work for somebody but um but making that transition and even understanding that you have power of position power of position is almost worthless in today's marketplace sure. would would you agree
2: oh absolutely i mean i i think that that you know most people who have have i guess studied or learned or listened or paid attention mm-hmm. have seen that you know when you're when you're um when your authority is positioned based you know positional authority uh you have you have no more influence than what people have to do for you right now that's compliance yeah. that's nothing more than compliance and leaders managers Companies that depend on compliance to make things happen find that whether, they're, whether it's a group of a thousand or a hundred or a committee of three, compliance will only take you to where someone has to do what they know they have to do under threat, which means they're never going to do it to the best of their ability. They'll do no more than they have to. And you know what? And I know you know this, they will sabotage it yeah. if they possibly can. Sometimes consciously, sometimes unconsciously, but they will sabotage that situation. That's the difference between commitment and compliance. And, uh, you know, one of my great friends, her name is Dondi Scumachi. She is one of the greatest leadership coaches and teachers in the world, okay? And she said this to me, and I think this is one of the most brilliant things ever. She said, when it comes to leadership, when it comes to uh, influence, she said, compliance will never take you where commitment can go.
1: Oh, such a great.
2: Right, and and you don't get commitment from position. Yeah. You get commitment from a sense of moral authority. It's Gandhi who had the moral authority to lead his people. He didn't have the positional authority. He had the moral authority to do so. Martin Luther King Jr. had the moral authority to do so, not the positional authority. Yeah. And leaders who get this, influencers who get this, these are the people who can do some good.
1: Yeah, and you know, and this is where I really think um, in the times that we're living in now, I think, I think the work that you're doing around being an influencer, I think this is where, this is the crux, this is the, this is the shift where, where companies make it or not. I mean, one thing that we're dealing with in today's marketplace is, is that um, margins are just so skinny, You know, I mean, you just, resources are expensive and, you know, your competition's coming out of the woodwork and you have increases in regulation and just, there's just so much more that you have to cover from an overhead perspective to try to, you know, put a business out there today that you can't afford to have people on your team who are compliant and not committed. And I really believe that this influencer piece is competitive advantage.
2: Thank you. You know, and and that's, that's what we would, that's what we feel. That's how we, we feel it is. You know, you, you, you take a person and someone who I think has done this beautifully. Um, his name is uh, Bob. Uh, oh, my gosh. And I, I, I all of a sudden, my name. It'll come my, to you. But he wrote a book called Every, Bob Chapman. Uh, okay. He wrote a book called Everybody Matters. He was actually featured in Simon Sinek's great book, Leaders Eat Last. But I actually, I'd actually read Bob's book first, uh, Leaders Eat Last. He is the president and C- CEO in, 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 uh, Chairman and CEO of um, Barry Waymiller, which is a humongous uh, manufacturing firm located based in St. Louis, but they have uh, factories all over the world. Meredith, you talk about a commodity-based project and you talk uh, product and you talk about small margins, right? Here's somebody who has to have people all working for the benefit, the good of the company. And this is a company who their people feel valued. Their people feel, feel part of the team their people know that they are respected and he first learned this and it's a beautiful story he tells in the book and I, I had interviewed him on my podcast my favorite favorite story and where he he talks about being at the because he used to run his business like everybody did back in the day it was very yeah. metrics are and it was very the bottom line uh and he was at the the wedding of his of his best friend's daughter And the father made a toast to the groom, okay? And uh, he welcomed the groom into the family. And and as part of the message, he said, and young man, please realize that this woman who you are marrying, this is the child that my wife and, and I raised, that we nurtured, that we love, that we, right? And Bob Chapman had an epiphany at that point. He said, you know what? We have tens of thousands of employees at Barry Waymiller. And each and every one of them is someone's precious son or daughter. Wow. And that's how he runs his company. And, you know, even in the days when they had the, the financial meltdown, they continued to to operate the same way, which he, which got their respect even more as far as yes. it would be. And they are a hugely, hugely profitable company. You know, nothing about this that we're talking about, you and I, nothing about what we're talking about is, In any way, self-sacrificial or martyrish? No, it happens to be very profitable. It's just that that profit is the result of doing things the right way.
1: Yeah, it's you know, it's my favorite thing about um, about today's marketplace is the fact that I really feel um, prior to 2008, all these things that we were talking about were really good things to do, and they certainly were always profitable, but, you know, you could do a lot of things prior to prior to 2008 and, and still get yourself profitable right. but in today's marketplace for sustainability mm-hmm. I mean this is really the ticket and I really I really do believe this idea of um, you know for anybody who's listening this idea of getting your leaders together and thinking about their position and and working from a go-giver perspective of getting them to influence is is really your path to profitability I read a while ago that um that Jack Welsh used to say that leaders need to focus on three things: cash flow, customer experience, and employee engagement. And I used to, and I started to think about that, and I thought, you know, if you focus your efforts on cash flow, you could lose customers and lose employees. If you focus on the customer experience, you could go broke. But if you, as a leader, could focus on one thing, and that is being passionate about really making sure your employees are engaged and happy, you'll not only have a great team, but you'll drive cash flow, you'll improve mm-hmm. profit. And you'll have amazing customer experience. It is the path to success. Oh,
2: I agree completely, and I think Herb Kelleher uh, proved that with Southwest when and you know they were for for uh, you know however many years, other than their first one, first year or first two years in the business, a company talk about sustainable profitability, profitable yeah. every single year in this in an industry that loses millions and mi- all the competitors losing millions and millions well practically all the competitors. Right? And yet they were sustainable. What did he do? He said, just like you said, he said, take care of your employees. They're your customer. Take yeah. care of the They'll take care of the end user and the end users by buying again and again and again and telling others about the experience. will take care of the stockholders. Yes. And so, you know, it's, it's putting the, fo- it, it all goes back to where we put our focus. Put mm-hmm. your focus on the right, in the right place and the results echo those.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm such a firm believer that what you focus on in life expands. And oh, if you yeah. focus, you know, as you said, if you focus on the um, on the right things, the you know, the rest will take care of itself. So, tell us, um, tell our listeners where they can find out more because I feel like we have not um even gotten halfway through this conversation, so I want to reserve the right to have you back on um, as a guest to talk about more. But how do my listeners find out more about you? Find um, more out about the lengthy Go Giver series because we didn't get to talk about um, uh, everything today. But where do they go to do that?
2: Yeah, probably the best place is the go giver without the hyphen the dot com and if they scroll down a few pages they can uh, they 'll go to a page where they can get the first chapter or two of any of the books and see if they like it first then they can always click through to uh, amazon
1: yeah and i think that um, i think that's a great suggestion to go on there and get a get a glimpse of um, of a couple of chapters but i've got to tell you once you go into the original go giver you'll you'll be looking to uh scrape up all, all the rest of them. But Thanks. tell us also what your podcast is because you have such um, great information on there as well and I'd love my listeners to be able to take advantage of that as well.
2: Ours is, ironically named, <laughs> The Go-Giver Podcast. Great. And we love the episode that we did with you. You were, just, uh, you were just so awesome, as you always are. I just love you. You're, you're just fantastic.
1: Well, thank you. The feeling is, uh, is mutual. So again, I want to thank you so much for being a guest um, today. Uh, Bob Berg, it has been fantastic to have you on. And again, I want to reserve the right to have you back.
2: Please, I would love it anytime.
1: All right, and thank you listeners for joining us for another episode of Thriving in Uncertainty. I really feel this was a fantastic show. I learned a lot and hope you did too. Remember to stay connected or to find out more information. Please go check out The Go-Giver. And mark your calendars now to join us next week. And once again, we will be talking with a cutting edge guest where you can learn the strategies, the tips, the things you need to know to succeed no matter what this economy does and thrive in uncertainty.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Thriving in Uncertainty. Please join your host, Meredith Elliott Powell, for another program next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, embrace the change in your business and yourself.